Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The NHL trade deadline is just 17 days away. So you know what we have to do? We have to rank the Pittsburgh Penguins' needs by position. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and the Pittsburgh Penguins currently sit in the second wild card spot of the Eastern Conference. And it is no surprise to anyone that they have several holes in their lineup that it would be nice if they fixed before that March 3rd trade deadline. Ron Hextall has sat on his hands for the majority of the season, despite the Penguins needing reinforcements in certain areas. And I understand that, yes, with Tristan Jari out, it's kind of hard to judge this team fully when they're playing in front of a backup goaltender in Casey DeSmith for five, six weeks at a time. But still, there are holes in this team that you could see from the very beginning of the season that have not been addressed. So what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to rank them. I'm going to rank the Pittsburgh Penguins' needs by position. Luckily, the top six is pretty good. So a lot of these needs come down to depth and come down to important areas that are insurance almost in some cases. But I have four needs for the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. And some of them, they could get multiple players that would help for sure. But there are four actual needs. I'm going to rank them from four to one and four being a top pairing left-handed defenseman. The Penguins last offseason did a great job in stocking up on the right side. You know, you add Jan Ruda to the third pairing, despite, in my opinion, that being more of an unnecessary addition. But you add Jeff Petrie as well. You get a generally really good number two guy to go behind Chris Letang and to take some of the pressure off of Letang. Knowing that the Penguins signed him for six years until he's 41 years old, you don't want him to have to go out there and play the 30 minutes a night that he had been doing for the past couple of seasons. So they stock up on the right side. But what that did was make the defense core a little uneven. You took away John Marino from the left side. You took away Mike Matheson from the left side. The Penguins said, hey, we have a really good right side of our defense, but they already had a really good left side of their defense. And in my opinion, Chad Ruweedle was perfectly serviceable as the third-pairing right-handed defenseman, but I digress on that point. 
P.O. Joseph and Marcus Pedersen have done well to hold the fort down on the left side, but the Pittsburgh Penguins need someone of a higher caliber next to Chris Letang to really complete that defense core and make it as solid as it could possibly be. The top targets right now that are on the market, Jacob Chikrin is the number one target. He's the number one target, I believe, just in general. But of course, the rumors this week are that the Coyotes are close to a deal to send Chikrin to the LA Kings. And he's pretty expensive to begin with. So that might be out of the question. A couple other names out there. Vladislav Gavrikov of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Carson Soucy of the Seattle Kraken. Those are some names that if the Penguins choose to go for a top left-handed defenseman, those are some of the names you're going to be looking at in that market. Number three, a backup goaltender. There are some people that think and believe that the Penguins' top need is a backup goaltender. And I can understand why. This is a move, in my opinion, that you make, but hope it never has to pay off. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins' goaltending situation is one of the most detrimental reasons as to why this team is in the position that it's currently in. I mean, you have to start Casey to Smith for five straight weeks. Dustin Tokarski has to get some NHL playing time. It's not a good thing if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins. But the best case scenario for the Pens is that Tristan Jari returns, could possibly be later this evening, and he returns for good and is the all-star version of himself. Because if that's the case, then Casey to Smith's going to play five, six of the last 27 games left, and he doesn't play in the postseason. That's best case scenario for you, and you don't need to make a move to have that happen. But history has shown that the Pittsburgh Penguins will need insurance at this position. Two years ago, Tristan Jari had one of the worst series we've seen from a Pittsburgh Penguins goaltender in the history of the organization, and behind him was not Casey DeSmith, because Casey DeSmith was unavailable. So the Penguins were forced to keep playing Tristan Jari, despite him needing to get pulled and needing a new face in net, but they just couldn't go there with Maxime Lagasse. Last year, of course, Jari unavailable till Game 7, Casey DeSmith goes down in Game 1, Louis Domingue plays games one, at least the end of game one, and then get, plays games two through six and puts the Penguins on their back feet and having to play a very injured Tristan Jari in game seven. So yes, history has shown us the Penguins need insurance in this area. But at the same time, you can hope that Jari stays healthy. Now, four injuries in the past calendar year, doesn't give me a lot of hope going into it, and it'd be nice if they could add a backup goaltender, but I also believe that there are a couple areas that the Pittsburgh Penguins need even more than backup goaltender. The top targets for this position, Carol Vimelka is the one that everybody's talking about. I'm not so sure the Coyotes are willing to trade Karel Vimelka because he's been their starting goaltender last year and this year. And I know they're trying to rebuild. I know they're going for Connor Bedard. But when you don't have very many goaltenders in the system, you want to keep a guy like Vimelka on the roster to at least hold off until the very last moment that you could possibly trade him. Not to mention the fact that goaltenders don't get traded during the season very often. The ones you remember are, of course, Marc-Andre Fleury was that last year went to the Minnesota Wild. And really... No other big goaltending names move. 
I mean, did did Leonard go in the offseason or in the regular? I don't even know. But goaltenders don't get moved very often, especially once it comes down to the trade deadline. Usually if there's a goaltender move, it's throughout the season because the team has been so decimated by goaltender injuries that they have to go out and get it. So Vimelka is one name. Anton Hudobin hasn't really been out there because he has a big cap hit. $3.33 million, but again, we know that each team in the NHL employs a capologist or somebody that is expressly supposed to look at the salary cap and figure out what the best way to fit somebody in is. $3.33 million and it drops off at the end of the season. Anton Hudobin is currently sitting in the AHL for the Dallas Stars. So potentially an option there. He backstopped the Stars to a Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup final, not a championship, in 2020 in the bubble. So potentially... Uh, an option for the Pittsburgh Penguins if they're able to figure out the cap space. And then I've heard Cam Talbot, of course. A lot of people shutting that down. They don't want to see that. Uh, a lot, I've heard James Reimer. Um, not that he's connected to Pittsburgh, but I've heard that he's he's available. So those are the top targets for backup goaltender. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number two, I'm going to say a middle six right winger. I was going to say third line right wing or third line wing because the Pittsburgh Penguins generally just need an entirely new third line. But I feel like that's an oversimplification. I feel like if you squint really hard, you can see the makings of a pretty good bottom six for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have plenty of guys to make up a good fourth line. They just don't really have that much in the way of third line right now. And that's more important, obviously. You can go out and get fourth liners for 750 k You can bring up a guy like Drew O'Connor, and he can give you good minutes as a fourth liner. But the third line, the responsibilities of a third liner are so much more vastly important to a team's success than the capabilities of a fourth liner. So I'm going to say middle six right winger for a couple of reasons. First, you need anybody to come in on the third line. You need new blood on the third line. At least one guy. It would also be great, however, if that guy that comes in on the third line could push and could put some pressure on the top six if need be. The Pittsburgh Penguins top six has been magnificent for the majority of the season. But they're also relatively unchecked. If one of them say Brian Rust, goes on another drought. You don't want to just be like, well, let's switch him and Raquel again. That's the only hand, really, that Mike Sullivan has had to play when trying to figure out his top six. And it's not a great hand. 
Because whenever Rust is playing well, whenever all the top six is playing well, they're better when Raquel is with Crosby and Rust is with Malkin. But if Rust struggles, he needs a change of scenery, he needs a little bit of a change of pace, that takes Raquel away from Crosby. And yes, you try to get something going, but you need to have another bullet in the chamber. That can't be the only thing that you can do. So maybe bring in that middle six right wing. Somebody that can challenge the top six if need be. Hey, Rust, you're struggling. Let's see what you can do on the third line. Get you up against a little bit of lesser competition. That'd be great for the Pittsburgh Penguins, not to mention the fact that that would bring in somebody in that bottom six, whether it be Rust being bumped down or just this new player. Somebody in the bottom six to spark some scoring and to take some of the load off of guys like Crosby and Malkin and Raquel and Zucker and Gensel. That's important. And now why the right over the left? In my opinion, the Penguins have more reinforcements they can call upon in the organization on the left side. Drew O'Connor, I believe, should be in this lineup. If it wasn't for salary cap constraints, he probably would be. So Drew O'Connor, Valtteri Pustinen, I don't, listen guys, I don't even know what the Penguins are doing with him and with Nylander. Nylander can play left or right, but specifically, you know, he can fill in on that left if you go out and get somebody on the right. But Valtteri Pustinen, Alex Nylander, I don't, I don't know guys. I don't think you're going to see him in the next 17 days. I think that's a guarantee. But I'm not sure you're going to see them at all this season. Who knows? Ryan Paling can play the left side. So can Josh Archibald. It's a lot of names that can really give you a new feel on that left side. The right side has more names, but at the same time, the quality of names aren't quite there. You have Kapanen, obviously, which... There's arguments to be made for whether or not he's actually been a positive asset or a negative asset. If you take away his cap hit, it makes it a little bit easier to see the positives. But you can't entirely take that away in this league right now because it's a flat cap league. And he shouldn't be paid $3.2 million. So you have Kapanen, you have Heinen, who I don't think finishes the season with the Penguins. If he's not included in a trade package at the deadline, I think they send him down and I think he's claimed on waivers. That might be a hot take, but that's 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 something that I really believe because Heinen's been in Sullivan's doghouse so many times, and if he's not scoring, he doesn't really bring much to the table. And the Penguins don't really have the capability and don't really have the luxury of just saying, hey, get yourself right. We have the rest of the bottom six figured out. They don't, so they can't sit there with Heinen. Archibald can play the right side as well, uh, but then you look at the minors. Nylander, I already mentioned. Legaray. Is he really ready to make his NHL debut? Is he ready to make that jump? I I don't think so. I haven't heard I haven't heard negative reports, but I haven't heard positive reports from Legare out of Wilkes-Barre. And then Drake Kajula. I don't have a vendetta against him, I promise, but I just I don't see how Drake Kajula is the answer to any problems. So yeah, I believe that the right side is where the Penguins should be looking at as a middle six winger. Ivan Barbashev is a name that comes to mind. A lot of Penguins fans are liking Ivan Barbashev being a potential Penguin. I know Josh Yoey of The Athletic also has his sights set on Barbashev, has liked him for a long time. Tyler Bertuzzi's been in the news a lot. Uh, it'd be nice to get uh, Jeff Merrick of 32 Thoughts, the podcast, said he's a prick. And I, I do believe the Pittsburgh Penguins could use another prick on their lineup, um, especially one that has the talent of Tyler Bertuzzi. So, yeah. Definitely. Bertuzzi would be a good option. And of course, there's Brock Besser. 
We had an episode last week where we talked about the merits, the pros, the cons of Brock Besser. He fits into this role as well. Middle six winger, somebody that at his best challenges the top six that is currently there and tells them if you don't pick it up, this guy can take your job. So middle six right winger is number two. And the top need for the Pittsburgh Penguins at the trade deadline, they have 17 days. And I think this should be the position that they go after, and that's the one that should be at the top of Ron Hextall's to-do list, is a third-line center. Not surprising, not shocking. I know I should insert the audible gasps in here, but you need a third-line center. You know, it's familiar territory for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's always important to this team because the Penguins of the Crosby era have always predicated themselves and predicated success with strength down the middle. You think Jordan Stahl, you think Nick Bonino, even Brandon Sutter. He's not to the level of those other two guys, but he was at a higher level than Jeff Carter is playing right now. That's the issue. Outside of Jeff Carter, there was no one in the organization that can even challenge for that role right now. You could argue that if Sam Poulin was not on personal leave, he could challenge for it. But realistically, there's no one in the organization right now that's going to challenge Jeff Carter for the third-line center role. We saw Teddy Bluger get a couple of reps up there for a couple of games, but Bluger's having a down season. Maybe when he's playing at his best, like last year, like two years ago, like three years ago, three years ago when he was with Tanev and, and Aston Reese, that was the best he's played, and the Penguins' fourth line was basically performing as if they were a third line. It's not the same Teddy Bluger that you're getting this season. Unfortunately, I love Teddy Bluger, but he's just not that player this year. So he's not going to challenge for it. Paling is not quite that type of player, right? He's a fourth liner and then maybe a third line winger, but I don't think he could handle the responsibilities of a third line center to the level that the Penguins need him to, right? If he's playing on a different team, then Ryan Paling would be a pretty decent third line center. But the Penguins are a playoff team, and the Penguins need a little bit more from their third-line center than what Ryan Paling can offer. So you need someone to at least challenge Carter for that role because at his best right now, Jeff Carter should be on the wing. And the best-case scenario for the Pittsburgh Penguins is that they can comfortably deploy him as the fourth-line right wing because you still have him as an option for face-offs if need be because that's it's always the excuse with Carter. Yeah, he's a great face-off man. He's great with face-offs. You know, very important aspect of the game. Well, when that's the only thing you can do, kind of offsets your value in that department. So preferably, he's a fourth-line right wing. Yes, that's an expensive player to put in that position. But that's where the Penguins need him to be. And the top targets on on the on the block right now. There's one that I love, and I've said it so many times, and some people that listen to this are obviously screaming it through their phones or wherever you're listening to your podcast, maybe even screaming at your computer screen because we're on YouTube as well at Inside the Penguins. Nice plug. Max Domi is the guy that I want. Max Domi, oh my goodness, can you imagine if the Penguins go out and get Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi to play together on the third line? All people will hate the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that's the thing. Some people say the Penguins aren't tough enough to play against. Those two, they make it tougher to play against. 
Prick 1 and Prick 2. That's what we could call them. You can make t-shirts. Book it. Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi. Ooh, probably not going to happen. But boy, would that be something. So Max Domi is a name. Ryan O'Reilly is a name that's out there that the Pittsburgh Penguins could go after. Uh, Jonathan Taves as well as a name, but that cap hit is so freaking egregious that it's going to be impossible to really fit. the. I mean, like I said, there's capologists. They might be able to make it work. You can always siphon it through a third team, but that's going to cost more assets. So I don't know if Jonathan Taves is worth the squeeze in that aspect. Maybe a guy like, you know, for other teams, the Penguins are not in on the sweepstakes, but a guy like Eric Carlson this year, I know Edmonton's involved. I don't know who else is involved in that one, but maybe Eric Carlson is worth the squeeze if you're able to figure something out, put it through a third team and try to get that cap number down. But Jonathan Taves just isn't that player anymore. So that's it. That's me ranking their needs. Number four, top left-handed defenseman. Number three, a backup goaltender. Number two, a middle six right wing. And number one, a third line center. This has gone a little over, so I'm going to close it up real quickly. But thank you so much for listening to Inside the Penguins and Penguins to Go. You can find us on YouTube at InsideThePenguins.com, or sorry, Inside the Penguins, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. That's going to do it for this one. Tristan Jari might be back tonight, so things might be turning around. Have a great one, Pens fans.